Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I am your conspiracy asshole, Primetime 99, Alex Dan, on the grind all the time. We have a very, very, very lovely special guest. That's right, Ryan's in. He's going to come on. We're going to talk Tartaria. We're going to talk Flat Earth. We're going to talk about all this stuff, all the hidden truths, and the true history of our world, because they don't want to tell you. So with that... Ryan, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I see you're live from the International Space Station. Is that correct? Well, not the, uh, it's the International, let me uh, open up the windows there. It'll make a little bit more sense, but um, International Flat Earth Station anyways. We're, I thought it'd be a little, little bit of trouble getting the connection up here for the podcast, but we're good to go. Okay, well, I just want to make sure the audio is good. You know, everybody wants to complain, but, you know, Ryan, we have so much to talk about. You're up there. You're at the Flat Earth uh, Command Center, but let's not even, before we even get into the shape of the Earth, because people are going to freak out. They're going to poo-poo, and they're, they're going to pee-pee their panties. I want to start off a little bit with, um, this is my opinion. So I, I love talking to people like you that have a lot of opinions on Tartaria and the history of, of you know, the Earth. So my, what I've you know, concluded, I guess, or my hypothesis, whatever you want to call it. Okay, they said the audio is good. They say the camera was invented in 1820, or that's when they tell us, that's when the first picture was, you know, able, you know, that's roughly about when... We must venture... Oh, excuse me, that's when uh, uh, photography was created. Right. Yep. So, I'm saying, anything before then, we really have no idea. I mean, you can lie, you know, even after 1820, but, like, you really have no idea. So, in my mind... I almost think history starts right then and there because even the Bible could be fake. You know, I mean, anything can be can be told. Tell me that it's really old uh, right. and that it's special, and I just have to take your word for it because I've only been here thirty something years. You know, right, right. And that's uh, there's a lot of questions about the timeline and um, if a couple things flowing around here. Sorry about that, but the uh, you know is the timeline even correct and and good point with without the photography evidence all we have is paintings and drawings and there's uh the strongest evidence i guess and the biggest argument is is family history you know i have uh journals from my grandfather and from his grandfather and and so we can trace that back for you know 400 years and whatnot so that's uh that's the biggest argument there but other than that there's uh any anything as far as science or you know history as they want to call it essentially only gets published by masonic uh publishers so that's um whatever they want to say uh, i you know they can pretty much get away with so there's a lot of a lot of questions and i think the best thing to do is kind of like you and i dig into dig into history, try to uh, try to fill in the gaps because what they're trying to tell you is not a complete picture and might be, you know, closer to uh, fiction than than anything. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's a lie. I mean, they tell us that we evolved from pond scum. That's absolutely absurd. They tell us we're on a ball made of mainly water. You know, it just doesn't make sense, you know. Uh, But uh, for me, you know, something that, you know, that's important, though, it's like, them hiding the creator you know that's one of the biggest uh things for me so but i'm not really a super religious guy so how did uh the shape of the earth or you know all this truth you know what is that what is your opinion of the creator ryan can i start off with a hard question well the uh my opinion of the creator is that there's you know genesis one gives us 
a pretty good explanation, but I think the best one comes from the book of e the books of Enoch. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think the, the, you know, the biblical creation is definitely the, uh, how, how the earth got created. And um, I can tell these guys to stop moving things around, but the, uh, you know, I, I got the, the Bible right here and I spent a lot of time studying that. And I believe in, uh, I believe in Jesus Christ. And I believe that he, you know, that he came to earth and that, um, that, that topic gets quite, quite interesting, but, but, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the Genesis creation is definitely uh, the Enoch, how he describes the creation and the creation of the firmament, the creation of the stars is, is the closest Enoch being of course, the hardest to understand, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm a Bible believer and, uh, certainly it's hard to believe in the big bang or evolution when you're, uh, when, when, when you realize that the earth is flat, because at that point you realize it's a geocent, we're on a geocentric plane and there must be a creator. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe that we're the center of the universe. It's pretty easy to see when the sun rises and the sunset that that's the thing moving. And, you know, it's pretty obvious that the sun, moon and stars are a clock and a map in the sky, but people will tell you, no, but it's like so simple. It's too simple. That's what people don't want to you know, it's like the fact that the sun and moon are the same size that so they say that it's one four hundredth the size and it's the four hundred times away. It's just it's just absolutely absurd. And and people just, you know, believe it at the uh, they, they're told it once by someone in, the, you know, in the classroom and they they take it as the empirical truth and never question it for the rest of their life. When the, when the truth is right in front of you, that, I mean, look at the size of the two. They're an exact match. You can see it during the eclipse. How they, I mean, there's such a perfect match. It's ludicrous to say that the sun is 93 million miles away. And um, it's, it's, I think it's crazy that people, you know, hear that once from a teacher or read it out of a science book and, and never think about questioning it for the rest of their life. Yeah, well, I mean, they want to make you feel insignificant. I mean, you know, just we always say this, you know, it's like, uh, I feel like a broken record, but it comes out of Genesis as well. Uh, we're literally in uh, chapter 11, verse 9, the Tower of Babel, where Nimrod tries to build a, a tower to the kingdom of heaven to kill God. Like, I believe that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to basically get us under a new world order, one rule, you know, so that they can manage us and that they inherently Satan can take over the earth, which I don't know if Satan hasn't already taken it over, to be honest. I think who was it? I think Elon Musk or some of those guys were talking about the uh, space elevator to get the you know, take the elevator, take an elevator up to space. Elon but. Musk pisses me the fuck off. Excuse my French. He's just so annoying because how, you know, he's like this PayPal guy. I mean, and listen, let's be honest. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to say anything, Ryan, but you don't have a lot of hair. He about had the same amount of hair as you. And now he has a full head. How the fuck? I'm just saying, how did he do that? You know, that's not easy. How the hell did he do that? That's like impossible. Mm. You know what I mean? Unless you have a billion dollars. Right, right. Yeah, that guy, uh, definitely not a big fan of him. I do. There's a few things I do like about him. Every now and then he'll, he'll say, he'll leak a little bit of truth. Like he, uh, like he did when he, he was talking about the car or the car in space or whatever. And he said, uh, it looks, it looks, it looks, 
It looks you fake. Know That's re- how you know that it's real. Yeah, you know? yeah, whatever. You know it's real because it looks so fake. Give me yeah, a break, yeah. Ryan. Doesn't that piss you <laughs> off? It's just anybody, if you have half a brain, you know he's manipulating us. So I feel like when he says those tweets, it's all a scam. He's pumping that dog coin or whatever. You know, he's a crook. They're all crooked. Trump's crooked. The way he totally bailed out the people on January 6th, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, the way he didn't bail them out. It's like, I just, I've lost a lot of hope and we can't say anything about medical misinformation other than we love the CDC and we recommend getting every vaccinated, get your booster every five months, every single day. We love the CDC. Get your Fauci ouchie. Um, But uh, yeah, if you say anything else, you can get a strike. But I'm just saying anybody, obviously, you know that we're being, you know, tongue in cheek. But (laughs) what I'm saying is we are literally under uh, uh, full brainwashing. People don't have any idea what's up, what's down. They're getting their information from the trauma-based mind control news. So do, do people even care about our origins? Do they even care about why do these buildings, how, how does, uh, how did the, uh, the world's fair in Chicago have the most beautiful buildings ever with no power tools? Does anybody even care about that when they're worried about paying their bills and they're worried about wearing a mask when they take a poop at uh, work or whatever? Man, it's, it's sad. There's a, I got a good example of how, stupid that is real quick and it, and it ties into Tartaria and uh, so I was doing some re- research on Tartaria and um, 10 recently- bucks. thank you Roosevelt Roosevelt's the one hey, that recommended uh, uh, having you on and I've watched your uh, nice. The Lost History of Flat Earth and uh, you know it's awesome I'm so happy so thank you again thanks Roosevelt Roosevelt please. thank you thanks yeah, for the yeah. shout out yes please go ahead though thank you Ryan the uh, so I was doing some flat well Flat Earth Tartaria. research too. Yeah, that's why we. Uh, but but doing some research on Tartaria, and I have a series on my channel called Tartarian Christianity, where we're digging into uh, actually Genghis Khan, and and it turns out that Genghis Khan was a Christian. We found in the history books, purchases pilgrims. It's a twenty book series, and one of the books is on Tartaria, and so in there it describes the Tartarian Empire and Genghis Khan. Um, having a vision of a white horse and all these, uh, you know, he's a rider on a white horse who holds a bow. He has a crown on his head. All of the, wears a white robe, all of the things from the book of Revelation line up with this historical book of uh, the Tartarians, Genghis Khan. And so, um, and of course I should say that Genghis Khan, the, was a descendant or himself as a Tartarian, all the Tartarians are from the lost ten tribes of Israel. Okay, real uh, quick, real quick though, but in the timeline of Tartaria, I believe I may be wrong because I'm I'm quoting this from Martin Lidke. So at one point, America, you know, what we call America was the the center of the world or whatever, and then because of weather or something, they had to kind of go to Europe and do Tartaria. Is that correct, or what is the? Well, guys, know that's a hard question. What's the timeline of Tartaria? Where did it start, basically? I well, in your opinion, obviously, from from from, from the research that I have, mm-hmm. is uh, you know, and it line, lines up with with uh, biblical history, is that the Tartarians started about the year seven hundred BC mm-hmm. when the um, you know they were the twelve tribes of Israel, so the twelve sons of Israel who who became the twelve tribes, and about the year seven hundred BC, they got kicked out and uh, 10, two of the tribes stayed, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. And the other 10 tribes were kicked out. And if we look in the book of Esdras, it says 
or Esdras, it says that they were um, sent to the land beyond the Euphrates River to the northeast is is where is where they were sent to the east beyond the Euphrates River and to the north. So it's northeast, and that's Tartaria. It's identified on all kinds of maps where you find Arzareth, which the land of Arzareth is where the lost in tribes were deported to, and that's uh, Arzareth is in Tartaria. It's in the upper it's in the upper north uh, northeast corner of um, Tartaria by the Bering Strait that crosses over into America. So uh, again, I, there, I do have a video that covers all of this, and it, and it just shows. And the there's a link to your channel. And there's a link to your channel because, guys, I know. They, they, listen, we're saying a lot of words. People are going to call that's words out or whatever. You got to look into this stuff yourself. But uh, you've done a lot of research, so you know, just freewheel yeah. it. Everybody, make sure to fact check it. You'll the link to uh, Ryan's channel is in the description, so you're going to be able to watch all of his videos and get because this is and, not something you can understand in 90 minutes. No way, it's too ooh. deep. And I'm not um, I'm not making this stuff up. It's it's not it's not really my opinion. I'm just I'm quoting historical references and what what we have from, uh, you know, from history. That's not a part of the official history books that they publish. You know, they say the lost in tribes are lost. And, and after 700 B.C., we have no idea what happened to them. And that's not true. There's a historical trail of them. They are the Tartarians. That's why the you know one of the huge reasons why the Tartarians are buried is because they're the lost ten tribes and and, and as soon as somebody says the, the ten uh, the, those ten tribes are the Tartarians they're not lost anymore and um, and and that's not good because the tribes of Judah and Benjamin are the, are the two who united into one tribe and that one tribe was after that called the Jews and so the Jews who are the two tribes who weren't lost you know they don't want the other ten tribes being found and so that's uh, oh no this is a uh, i gotta watch i probably better not say that uh you're gonna be a now. little yeah yeah you, that word but whatever a couple times I, we're talking about christianity and stuff we'll be okay as you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i, wanna, I, I know i don't want to get a strike here. either i know thank you ryan for well, being i'll just say i'll just say, i'll just say it. them but the uh those guys you know they, we know the, the we tribes know tribes of judah and benjamin is yeah. is is who i'm talking about and i can i can go ahead with that so the tribes of judah 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 and Benjamin don't want the other 10 tribes being, you know, found. So you're telling me, wait, the Tartarians aren't Israel. They're not Jewish, are they? No, no, no. They're not Jewish because the the Jews um, come from the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. They united into one tribe that are then called the Jews, and they follow Judaism. The lost 10 tribes... did not, you know, they aren't Jew. They they aren't those, and they uh, <laughs> come come to year twelve hundred A.D. when Genghis Khan has a vision of a white horse, um, and and he goes out with a crown with on a white horse with uh, with a bow and arrow, exactly like the Book of Revelation describes, conquering, and he's a, a you know a conqueror bent on conquest, which is which is the first seal being opened. So um, there's, and he's a Christian. Now, if you look up. Wait, of the uh, seven uh, seals. So you're saying Genghis Khan, you believe is the first, but where does he fit in Islam? Was he described in Islam at all? He, they, you know? he fought, he fought against it. He, okay. he, Genghis Khan spent his life and his sons after him for some of his sons turned in, turned to Islam, but most of his sons, including, uh, one of one of Genghis Khan's uh, wasn't his son. It was his son through marriage, and his name is his name is um, Baby John, Khan. Uh, 
His his name is John, and they call it Prester John. So I feel to ten dollars. Thank you. We're dominant. Thank People you. love it. Yeah, yeah. We're crushing it. They love you, Prester Ryan. John. You'll find Prester John. Thank you. Appeal to heaven. Uh, but Prester John, you'll find him talked about. You know, in relation to Tartaria, he lived in Tartaria, and Prester John was a ruler of Tartaria, um, and he was a ruler by marriage. So he wasn't a direct son of Genghis Khan, but he was a, a son in law. So, so, and he was also, you know, uh, he was the ruler of Tartaria. But so some of Genghis Khan's sons, I think two of them did turn to, did turn, I guess what you would call evil, but the, uh, the majority of his sons and Genghis Khan fought their entire lifetime, spreading the empire of Tartaria and spreading Christianity, and they made a vow to take back the holy city of Jerusalem from the pagans and restore it to the hands of the Christians. So none of this, you know, you can't read about this in any official history about Genghis Khan, but in, in the book, there's multiple references. One of them is um, Marco Polo talks about this and also uh, Purchase His Pilgrims, which is that 20-book series, you find the one on Tartaria, covers all the, uh, Christ, the Christian conquest of Genghis Khan. So to loop back to your original question, where did the Tartarians start? I think they started basically 700 BC when, uh, on the official timeline. That's, you know, we don't have any other alternative timeline to talk about other, you know, like the missing thousand years or anything like that. So we'll, in the official timeline, I see the Tartarians starting at 700 BC when the 10 tribes got lost. That's when they left Israel and went up to uh, Tartaria. And so that, and so do you believe that like in that, around that time frame, is that where they got their sacred geometry? That's where they were able to build all this stuff with that? Because people don't realize these buildings, these pyramids, we can't even, and, and even these uh, 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 churches and these, you know, we can't recreate this stuff today with our modern technology. So the idea that they were doing it with less technology is almost laughable. In my opinion, I feel like we are just copies of copies of copies. So we're basically like the autistic offspring of probably way smarter people like our grandparents. Not that my grandfather was that yeah. smart, but his grandfather probably was. But I'm just saying, I think we're probably getting dumber, like idiocracy, sadly. Well, so, that's not even a, I mean, that's not even a, a, an opinion. It's a fact. You can, uh, another another video I found recently was called Can You Speak Venusian? It's a 1970s flat earth film and it has um, Samuel Shinton one of the original, you know, 50. The and I'm going to be, I'm going to have Alzheimer's like uh, Donald Trump because I drink so much diet soda. But <laughs> don't, don't get into it. Yeah, we're idiots. I'm, I drink Brondo like idiocracy. Okay, keep going. Your video, sorry. But the, uh, this 1970 video, you know, uh, they're in their question talking to these school kids who are like 12, 13 years old or something. And these, these kids are answering questions that, you know, you couldn't, you, you couldn't find a uh, 18, 20 year old smart enough to, you know, answer it. So just from 1970 to, to now there's been a huge decline in intellect, let alone, you know, let's go back to early 1900s and try to do some of their, um, you know, arithmetic quizzes for the same grade level, you know, the, the, the days, the kids nowadays can't, can't keep up or, or definitely a decline in intellect. And there's a decline in um, architecture. I mean, uh, our architecture abilities get worse and worse. And like you said, it's, it's kind of hard to fathom how, how uh, how our people us how uh, 
our ancestors had the ability to just go out and 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 put these buildings up. It's mind blowing. Well, I don't. Well, what really blows my mind too is I live next to this high school. It's like one of the oldest high schools in Texas. Uh, it's a good high school, Highland Park High School. I went there. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. That's a totally different weird thing. What I'm saying is on the old administration building, the last remnants of the old school has like these really cool Art Deco letters. It says like Highland Park and this like cool Art Deco. You can tell it's like actually from the 60s. So I'm saying so nice. like even in the 60s, like now yep. everything you create is just like feudalism. Like the new the new ballpark, the new Rangers ballpark. Let me pull it up. And we need to pull it. People want to see some pictures. Let me try to pull up some pictures that I have. Okay. A ballpark. Uh, what is it? A new Rangers stadium this is the future like this is what this is what uh this is what like <laughs> this is a perfect example of of uh let me share screen this is let me show you this this is like you know we went from be- building like beautiful chapels and stuff to this is the newest state-of-the-art stadium for the rangers and it looks like a it literally looks like a costco it's not wow. even nice i mean people are just made people make fun of it all over we had a much more beautiful uh uh these pictures don't do it justice, but you know, New Ranger Stadium yeah. looks like Costco. But it, I mean, it's universally been panned because the, this is it. The, the newer this, this is it. I mean, this is just a crappy. It's that's just not. It doesn't look nice. Okay, so well, a, a, a good comparison I think is the uh, if you look at the biggest buildings on the earth, one of them was at the 1893 Chicago World Fair. I forget which building it was. You know the machine, the machinery palace, or whatever. One of them, but a couple of the buildings there are like the are the size of the biggest buildings we have on Earth now. Uh, the equal size is like the Boeing factory in Seattle. So you know, if I pull up a picture of the Boeing factory in Seattle, it is the you know the the, the thing is is uh, <laughs> the thing is horribly ugly compared to a building the same size from the eighteen ninety you know from the fair here, like you're showing. How is this? This doesn't even make sense. What do you? How is this from eighteen ninety three? Uh, I mean, look how nice this is. It and they make, supposedly built that in two years, with no power tools. And it has subways. It has subways in it. They said they built. Oh yeah, we decided to build subways uh, so that we could get around from building to building. I say, wait, wait. In two years, you built all that, and then you decided to put subways in too. And by the way, that statue that looks uh, golden, it probably it probably was gold. And that is the first roller coaster that uh, that's ever been built. That roller coaster right there is the first one ever. And those things, if you zoom in on that roller coaster, those things are the size, those little uh, rooms are the size of apartments. That, that's like a little apartment you get in New York City. Those cars, they hold like, uh, what, 22 people or something in each car. That roller coaster is massive. First one ever built. Well, so I said, did they find the roller coaster? Did they find a roller coaster or did they build it? Because it looks like they found the rest of this architecture. I can't. I mean, how it. did they build this building, dude? And it's so beautiful. Nowadays, they would never have something this ornate or this beautiful. They would never so, even touch anything like this. And that's one of the biggest buildings in the world. Go pull up a modern day building that, that rivals this in size and type in the Boeing factory in Seattle. Okay. And you'll see like this. It's one of the biggest buildings in the world, the, the Boeing factory in Seattle. And so was that building from the 1893 Tartaria Fair. And uh, there, like that second picture. Yeah. This is it. Look, Look how crappy thing. it looks. It's just, it's a piece of junk. I mean, I mean, okay, they got, it looks cool on the inside, but uh, look at the outside. There's no architecture at all. They just like printed off a picture of an airplane and put it on the windows. And 
but that this is what we could do today. This is what they can do in 1893 in two years time because we're going to have a fair. And uh, by the way, let's throw in some subways with that too, so that we can get around from point A to point B easily. It doesn't. And, and I'm in Texas. I don't know how any of this done gets done without Jesus or Juan or Diego. I just don't understand how this could be done with just the guys from Irish guys in Chicago or something. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't seem like our. Just, I don't. I just don't believe it. it doesn't make. And that's sense. what I say is, you know, I call that the Tartarian city of Chicago uh, or Chilaga. If you go back in the old maps, you'll find it's called Chilaga, and there was a city somewhere around there by the Great Lakes called Chilaga, which later called Ch- Chicago, and then they um, uh, supposedly founded Chicago in 1850. But you can find Chilaga on the maps ba- uh, back into the uh, 1600s, and so. They say, so how did, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. You can find Chicago on the maps way back to the uh, late 1500s, early 1600s. Same thing with San Francisco. They say San Francisco was started in 1850 with the gold rush. Um, and every single map I could find going back to uh, in the 1500s, even showing San Francisco right there on the California coast. So, that, Roosevelt Roosevelt really wants you to present your photos, but I but you didn't plan on presenting. Uh, you know everybody wants to see your stuff, but I, Roosevelt the, we don't want to put him on the spot. We didn't plan on doing that, but but people know people can look this up themselves. Uh, everything that I've all of these are covered on my channel. So later, you know, later after after the live stream uh, to check out all these. You know, I have a video: Tartarian cities, Chicago, Tartarian cities, San Francisco. Uh, even and why do they always board. have a fire? Why is it always before these no. world fairs? Well, wait, tell us that. What's the narrative? What's that narrative, and what, where does it reoccur? They say uh, even both fairs. Uh, the well, there's a lot more than two. Yeah. The, 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 we even have the Omaha fair. Uh, it's 1893, and there's uh, in Nebraska. Uh, or, they had a bunch of ornate stuff like that go down Nebraska, in Nebraska. You know, which which seems to be Quiveria on all the maps. It's called Quiveria, which is. Quiveria is one of the lost seven cities of gold. And it's so, called Quiveria because that's when I make a girl quiver, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I'm saying, is that why? Was it a sexual connotation, Ryan? Or? Um, let's see. You know, I'm probably based on, um, I'm probably pronouncing it completely wrong. Well, so, is, but well, 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 you said earlier, is Tartarian going against paganism, you said? So you're telling me these like devil worshippers are like basically going against Tartarian? Where does the Nephilims fit into this? I don't want to lose oh, track man. of Chicago. I know that's a hard question, but. Uh, I can't talk if I talk about if I talk about the Nephilim, um, people are gonna get mad. People are gonna get who mad. Who cares? Get, but, let but, him get but, him mad. Get him here, mad. Here, but here, here's on the Nephilim, real quick. I got two books on it. I got the books of Enoch, I got the Bible. Okay. I studied both of these. There's another one, uh the, the Jasher, Book of Jasher. But in the book of Enoch, it says and Genesis, it says that the you know 200, 200 of these guys come down from to the summit of Mount Hermon, and um, and they go in and, and reproduce with 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 uh, with human women. This is chapter seven. This is uh, Enoch chapter seven, and they all took you know wives for them, choosing for one amongst themselves, and they went in and defiled themselves with them, and they taught them charms and spells, the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. The women became pregnant and they bear large giants whose height was 3000 cubits. Now, so, okay, 200, something comes down from a, a, a 200 guys come down at once. Okay. It sounds like a, a, sounds like a ship's coming down and landing on top of a mountain. 
to um, sounds like extra, extraterrestrials, but according to the Bible, these are supposed to be angels. So if you ask someone in the church, they'll say that these are the sons of God. So they're angels. And they took on a, they went from the spirit world into the human world, into the physical world. So they took on a physical body and then they had, you know, relations with women and had kids and there was giants. So who, so what, what, what are the Nephilim? Um, it says the giants consumed all the work and toil of the men till they could no longer sustain them. And then they turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against or, or eat the birds, the beasts, the reptiles, the fish, and devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. So these. So uh, we basically killed the, the Nephilim because, like, at first we probably used them. We're like, hey, you can help us build this stuff. You can help because you can just move these rocks very easily. And then over time, it's probably annoying because these huge. They, you know, they, they, they were just him trying to take a nap. If they're a mile long or whatever, you know, they take up the whole city. So he's probably, after a <laughs> while, you want to get rid of these huge things. you got to shoot the cow and use the meat at one point, basically. Well, it sounds like the other way around. I mean, it says they okay. began to, the, the Nephilim began, uh, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. Yeah, but, so yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, I, I believe, I believe even a huge giant, if like enough humans have technology, you can probably beat a giant somehow. I don't know how. I don't, I'm not, I'm just guessing this. I don't know this, but I feel like if you and I, even a billion ants, right? If like a billion ants came at me, what the hell would I do, you know? And I feel like that could, maybe you could do that with humans. Maybe if they, all the humans attacked them once. I don't know. We're talking about a, a thing we yep. can't recreate, but I think it's almost it, possible you it, could trick a giant or something, maybe. Yeah, and the, uh, and, and I think there's examples of that in history. In fact, I've seen videos, uh, Jurassic Park or something, where humans are tricking giants, giant yeah. dinosaurs. Well, but if you look at another book, I think it's the, the book of Jasher. Um, it says that the Nephilim, it, it has a little bit different description about him. It says that that each one was different. It says that uh, they, it says they were, um, I forget the word, I don't have the book in front of me, but it says in Jasher that, of the Nephilim, each one was different and they were all dissimilar. So there wasn't, you know, of all these giants. Maybe that's why we have different races. So here's my theory. Okay. Uh, now, of course there's, uh, and I don't believe this as, you know, I don't believe this as a, this is speculation, truth, rumor, this is speculation, but, yes, but yes. here's, but here's what I looked up. The Nephilim are giants. So some huge, they started from some being that comes down from a mountain or whatever, lands on a mountain, 200 guys come out. They start, you know, reproducing with the humans. And then the giant is born. And then they try to feed them. And when they can no longer feed them, then they turn against and devour mankind. So they're like, can't try to feed these things. They can't. It's too much. And then, uh, then the giants turned against each other and started to kill each other and devour one another's flesh and drink each other's blood and the sin against birds, bees, reptiles, and fish. So I thought, you know, what in fossil record? Well, well, well real quick about fossil record. What did it say about killing birds, bees? What was the last thing? Why? What they was... began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh. The giants drink, did. The giants and drink did. one another's blood. So the giants have are devouring the humans because the humans can't feed them enough anymore. And now the giants are turning against each other and and fighting and killing each other and and spilling each other's blood. And I thought, what in fossil record matches that? It the only matches dinosaurs. Now I know that's going to upset a lot of people because yeah, dinosaurs, dinosaurs are, are a complete hoax. Yeah. But um, and there is my strongest argument against that is that if you look at the 1560 Urbano Monet flat Earth map, 
there are dinosaurs drawn on his map. Now that predates any fossil finding. Mm -hmm. How did Hermano Monty know, or Monet, whatever his name is, um, how did he know how to draw a dinosaur? Uh, there's a pterodactyl drawn on his map, carrying an elephant and its talons. Well, is it, is it, didn't the Bible describe kind of a dragon-like figure, though? The Leviathan. Yes, the Leviathan is a perfect match for a Chronosaurus. A Chronosaurus is a deep sea dinosaur that, that go, you know lives deep in the sea. And um, Ryan, I've never met a flat earther dino guy. I like they see everybody's unique. See, a lot of people say, "Hey, these dino," and I, I'm kind of one of them. It's like, man, they you know what they find? It's all they're all every single bone you see in a museum is a replica, and they're all coming right. from China. You don't, or Italy. you don't see any real ones. Yeah, the only and, thing but is there are I've... some sort of huge lizards. There is some sort of creatures I don't know about, though. I'm not like so dumb to think that I know every animal that's every species has lived on the earth. No, I don't know that. But I, I don't I know just... if dinosaurs are real or not. I just know, I just know that I, I've seen, I see them for sure on the 50, 1560 or Bonamonte map. It's a flat earth map. It's a planosphere. Flat earthers should be familiar with it. Go look it up. There's dinosaurs on that map in Antarctica. And there's a, undeniably a, you know, a pterodactyl among other dinosaurs on that map. Now that, that map predates any uh, fossil find. So supposedly they figured out how to draw dinosaurs because they found the skeletons and then they say, well, from the skeleton, we can figure out what the dinosaur looked like. So now we draw them. However it's called artistic like. interpretation. Exactly. But now, but now how does, how does Urbanomani have them on his map drawn perfectly before any of the fossil finds? That's just a question. I'm not sure. The other thing is, well, well dude, and, and they, I'm sure these tribes and Indians had to have seen, uh, uh, you know, dinosaur bones. You know what I mean? Indians know what, a, uh, they know a different buffalo bones and some huge T-Rex style head. There's the, the whole, the, it's like the Smithsonian is Masonic and you can't believe a word from those guys. The, the, the thing that troubles me is that I was, um, I've been a member of a rock hound club that goes out and dig uh, in Idaho that goes out and digs for rocks. And I've found, uh, um, not all, and we, the group that I was with dug up some dinosaur bones. Now it was one that was about the size of a horse. And from what I actually seen and, 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 and was able to dig with, you know, and see with my own eyes, you know, I can't say that, I seen right there the whole skeleton of the dinosaur. It's it's not like that when you're when we're digging it out. And uh, once it was identified as a dinosaur, then they then they uh, like kind of quarantine off the area. But the Rockhound group I was with in Idaho did find uh you know did find the dinosaur. Found some dinosaur bones. I don't know what it was, but um you know. But I also have uh some of those trilobites. You know they're 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 about this big. They're extinct. I don't want to make a bad hand so I'm just trying to show the size. <laughs> yeah, this people big, think you're doing six, six, six. Oh, no. and, I know, uh, but I just want to reference what you're saying, you know, because there is that's just how they communicate with signs and symbols like that. But it's just, uh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Uh, the well, but yeah, I've gone out and dug, um, and, you know, and supposedly we found a dinosaur. I can't, like I said, I can't. I didn't brush the whole thing aside. What if the Freemasons the buried them? And... Could they have buried dinosaurs to be fine? I'm not saying they did yeah, that. Yeah, someone could have buried it there and, and then told our Rockhound group to go out there and find it. So, But all I'm saying is the, the um, I think the biggest anti-dinosaur video comes from Eric Dubay, but the... Uh, well, hey, real quick, you mentioned Eric Dubay. Where did it, when you figure out the shape of the earth, I'm guessing, what? tell me your journey. Were you looking at 9-11? Were you in a rabbit hole? How did you figure out that you weren't on a water ball? 
uh, going, you know, 25,000 miles, uh, you know, that's 25,000 miles around the equator spinning 1100 miles an hour. Starting with 9-11, yeah, because that's when I realized that, every, you know, the government is uh, is lying to us about everything. I used to, I lived in New York for 13 years, and as soon as I moved away, you know, they, uh, 9-11 happened. So I'm, I, of course, dug into that to see what happened there, and um, that whole story, you know, the 9-11 commission reports a, a complete sham, and we're not, we don't need to cover that. That's, that's uh, basic stuff. But yeah. then I used to laugh at the moon landing, you know, and then finally I said, Oh, whatever, let me go look into this, watch a few videos on it. And then I said, okay, they got some points. I'll go down, uh, went to NASA's website, downloaded uh, the video uh, photos and videos that, that, that they have to prove they went to the moon, analyze those. And I said, there's no way, there's no way these guys went to the moon. The, uh, it's impossible. So the, um, they were in low earth orbit the whole entire time, no doubt about it. And so then flat earth, of course I was laughing and it's got it. It's great. There's no way, you know, these not a chance. And, uh, some of the, seen some of the videos somewhat, somewhat convincing, but the, the, when I got sold on it is, uh, was because of my prism, you know, the, um, most people don't, I don't think most flat earthers know. I don't know. I don't know anything about the prison. Go. I'm interested. Some of them might. I I think some of them disagree with me even. But uh, Eric, well, well, you just banned me from his forum. He bans a lot of people. Talking about this. Wait, real quick before you say that. But I mean, you did. I want to mention. I want to hear exactly all about the prison. But you just said low low Earth orbit. So do you even believe? So you do you believe the International Space Station is in low Earth orbit at 270 miles an hour, going 17,500 miles an hour? Do you believe that? Like, what do you mm, think? It, it's circumnavigating I, I, I don't the know. sky. Okay, I don't know the exact speeds. Those those might be wrong. Um, and all well, it's that. five miles a second. I know the official story, what they say, but I mean, what do you think? It's circumnavigating us on balloons. Or I, I I've seen it through a telescope, so I know it's up there. Now here behind me, I got the international fake, you know, station. Um, and, uh, so is there people, you know, is there someone like me inside of a, inside of international space station? No way. I don't think there's any, I don't think they send people up into the, all those videos they have, they've got a bunch of CGI. That's why I'm doing this one right here. Just to, uh, just to mock, just to mock, you know, you guys want to do CGI. Well, I'll do some CGI too. So, um, but you can see it through a telescope. So it's, you know, they, Certainly, at some point, when you as you go up, there is less and less gravity. I don't think it uh, that that there's an equal amount of gravity all the way to the top of the firmament. Oh, I'm sorry, to the top of the firmament. And um, well, I think you're right because we know that the higher you go, the less air pressure. So I believe you know, and and not you wouldn't even have to go that high because if from and this is just my guess is what the Great Borehole is eight miles deep. I think Mariana's Trench is at roughly eight miles. That's the lowest we can go. And a commercial airliner flies like 35,000 feet. That's roughly like eight miles. So just like on average, like that's about, you know, as, as far as high and as low as we go up. But I'm saying once you get over 35,000 feet, it wouldn't surprise me if you lose air and you could not float, but almost kind of float. I mean, you know, I, oh, you I, can I, see you know, you can I, I would have in the uh, flatter. <laughs> flat earth skydive yeah the uh the red bull flat earth skydive video but you believe Felix. in gravity i don't believe in gravity or i'm not a gravity not gravity as isaac look isaac newton was a 30 okay not a 33 degree because a 33 degree didn't exist in his day but isaac newton was the equivalent of a 33 degree mason today and uh he, he was deeply into the occult 
And Isaac Newton himself said, "It's you got to be an idiot to believe the theory of universal law of gravitation." Um, so I don't believe in gravity as as Presented, Isaac Newton's yeah. universal law of gravitation. That's a Masonic. That's a piece of Masonic work. And if you study Freemasonry, you'll find out that what they are is the Satanic Church. And at the 33rd degree of Freemasonry, when they start getting into the Rosicrucian and all this, they they start doing magic. They they the Freemasons do magic, and so the um, they in fact some Masonic rituals even take place in what they call the astral plane, or which is the spirit realm. And so um, it's the same place that people see if they take dmt i've never done it and i never will i'm not i have that. it's it's badass don't i don't condone it don't do it but i when i did it what i'm saying i blasted off what i saw was the most crystal clear colors when i say like you'd look at like a 4k tv I, my eyes were wide open i wasn't seeing what was in front of me and i was looking in like in a room that was these crude, eyes yeah. weren't producing an image but yes. the the pineal gland inside your brain was connected to the neocortex which creates tells your brain what in it what you see was uh I don't know what you experienced, but from from my research, I believe that DMT at least lets you peek a little bit into into the spirit realm. A different so, dimension. Yeah, the fourth dimension is what Freemasons call it, and I I call it the spirit realm. In the spirit realm, you're going to encounter angels and you're going to encounter demons. There's good spirits there and there's bad spirits there. Uh, here on this earth, the first spirits you encounter are probably going to be evil because the the uh one world re religion that's that's co covers the earth is freemasonry the satanic church so when you first encounter a being it's probably going to be an evil one you probably have to work your way before you uh, you know we're, we're able to communicate with good you know beings you're talking about pray. in that dimension you're talking about in that fourth dimension in that because i've i like i said i haven't taken dmt but i've seen guys like dakota of earth talk about their experiences and encountering these snake beings and you know, I, I like it, well, it just seems like to me he's uh, he's describing encountering um, uh, demons. I've also had friends, some friends of mine have described the same thing. They said that, yeah, they've, there's there's certainly uh, some beings right there. You know, we see something's there. They call them machine elves or they're different names for them. And uh, but so sometimes they are rep reptilian snake beings. Now that ties into the sons of God. Don't 200 of them coming down to earth, reproducing with women. If they have some type of reptilian qualities, it makes sense how the dinosaur could have perhaps have come into be the I think the dinosaur may be, uh, you know, uh, Oh, wow. Nephilim might be an ancient word for dinosaur. They're, they're giant creatures that, that devoured each other, also devoured mankind and God killed them all in a flood. They were a physical manifestation of sin because when God's sons disobeyed and came down and reproduced with human women and, 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 and followed their sexual lust, that's, that was a huge act of sin and disobedience. Against yeah, that's, what God gave us our, that's what gave us our death, right? Because we would have lived forever, I think, if, if that wouldn't have happened, right? If you probably wouldn't no, have No, no, because that when we left the Garden of Eden, we, we, we lost that. Okay. And um, God, you know, there was a veil that was that was removed for Adam and Eve. And I believe that is the pineal gland. It, it might even tie into like a, a skull that is like a baby's. Cause when a baby is born, they have that soft spot. There's a hole in the top of their skull and babies 
And even the Bible says the kingdom of heaven belongs to children. And the Bible. 15 always bucks. Describes- thank you, Shay Shay TK. Wow. Oh, thank Ryan, you, Shay Ryan Shay. is an awesome guest. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Sharon is awesome. She likes you, Ryan. Thank you. So thank you, much. Shay Shay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, keep the that coming head. in, guys. Yeah. yeah support, no, so uh, support Alex's channel. This is, a, this is the best podcast I've been on. Oh, so, really? But- that makes you feel good. Sorry. Keep going. The baby's head. So the, the baby's um, head. You know, God's sons disobeying, coming down to earth, reproducing. Uh, is an act of sin, and the giants that were born thereafter, the Nephilim, are a what I would call a, a physical manifestation of sin. God created most of the earth. Uh, God created the earth, right? The firmament, the waters above. He created man in his image. He created the beasts and the birds of the air and all this. He didn't create the Nephilim. So he had a perfect earth, and Adam and Eve messed it up, but after that, now we're in Noah's time. So, so these 200 beings come down they reproduce now we got a physical manifestation of sin well real quick real quick about the 200 beings i want to i want to say something this is how guys this is something we all need to look at the other day i was looking into how to build a well and then in that i learned did you know this that even everywhere on earth you can basically literally every single place you can if you dig deep enough you'll hit water because of what is called a water table so no matter what i'm just saying there's no way this would happen on a ball but you think that we're like on some you know solid ground no matter what there's rivers running underneath us like just the idea that we're on this this ball and these rivers are running up and down and it just doesn't make sense we are in the we're what i'm trying to say is we're on basically in a bowl and we're on levels of dirt and it's not even that much dirt because no matter what you will always hit what is called the water table in certain places it's higher than others but no matter what no matter where you are you can always dig a well and hit the water table and that's just impossible on a on a on a convex ball or you know it just doesn't it doesn't make sense you're also not going to get uh, be able to see 200 and 400 miles across these flat bodies of water and you know it, it doesn't make any sense but the uh but yeah so that's let's see we covered the dinosaur let's see we covered the oh what did i cut you off what is, sorry, sorry you were talking about the water table i just sorry i had to get on that that, <laughs> that that and you were talking about something so good and then i cut you off but but yeah let's well, go no well, i was just saying that the uh you know god created the earth god created everything and it was perfect when his sons came down disobeyed because they weren't supposed to come reproduce with human women and so the nephilim that were born afterwards were a physical manifestation of sin and they did not obey God. So the birds, the beasts, the, uh, you know, they all obey God. The insects, you know, God told them what to do and they do it perfectly, exactly like they're told to. And so they obey, they obey God perfectly. You know, there's, there's, I don't know if animals can sin, you know, maybe the bad, the, the neighbor's bad chihuahua sins, I'll tell you what. But other than that, the, uh, the most, they, the animals, they just obey God. Trees, they just obey God. They, they, they do exactly what they were created to do without failure. Should we eat yeah. animals? I don't eat meat, but I do eat, uh, but I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't care if people eat meat. I'm a vegetarian, but I buy it, cat food. I've toxoplasmosis from the cat parasite from dealing with the fecal matter. So I'm obsessed with cats. So I have to buy the meat and uh, fish or else I go crazy. But what do you think about the <laughs> biblical idea of not eating meat? Like, do you think when you go to heaven, are you having a barbecue with, I mean, there's no, do you think you eat in heaven? According to the Bible, we can eat any meat that has a split hoof and chews its cud. Okay. So that's a clean meat. As long as it has a split hoof and it chews its cud, it's okay to meet. Uh, it's okay to eat, along with fish. Um, but of course, you know, the, I guess shrimp and some of that stuff is. But I don't think that when we, I don't think when we see God after this 
after this uh, dream world is over and we go into the real world and we see God face to face, I don't think he's going to sit there and, and, and start asking if, if we ate shrimp or bacon. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree because because we are a spiritual being having a physical experience. Like Our spirit will go somewhere else. And so like this body, we don't take it with us. So I almost don't know if we take much into the next place that we go is what I'm trying to say. We, yeah, the only thing we take from this world into the next one is what we do our actions and did we did we search for god did we do acts of goodness to our neighbor did we did we love you know did we love one another uh chasing money or chase you know career and all this all that stuff's gone when you, you're gonna die and all that stuff the only thing that's gonna matter when we go into the next world is what you know did did we did we seek god did we do we love our neighbor you know and and so there's uh, so some of the per- pursuits of chasing careers and what that um, materialism is terrible. I think that's a, the biggest way to tear you down and put you in this rat race. They want to keep you in this debt. Uh, they want to keep you as a debt slave on purpose so that you don't have any uh, you can never get out of it. You never have any financial freedom or any freedom whatsoever. That's what leads to the horrible architecture that we have, to, you know is that is that whole system of chasing you can't have a beautiful building like that if you're trying to be the most profitable business in a neighborhood because you're going to have to build the worst looking you know cheapest piece of junk that you can throw up uh on the, on the corner of the street you know that's i guess that's capitalism for you as the craftsmanship um, is gone. Nobody actually puts in their heart and soul in their work. They just try to find the cheapest material for it and then try to do it as fast as possible in order to make the, the biggest uh, profit. But all those profits are just willy-nilly. Like We think this money does something. It's all fleeting. We all waste it no matter how we get it because it's all fake. You know, It's a fiat system. And uh, no matter how much you have of it, you're never going to be satisfied. And uh, you realize that when you don't have much of it, you don't realize how much you actually have. So it's, it's really a, 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 a game, you know, it's a spell, it's a magic trick. And that, you know, that chase, that chase for that money ties back into the, uh, ties back into like the, um, the, the decline of intellect, how, you know, we definitely are getting stupider, but when did that start? Because if you go back to like 1800, it looks like every city was empty and vacant. And so why, you know, even, uh, even Istanbul, even uh, in the United States too, all the cities around the world, they're completely San Francisco. They're completely vacant. Uh, there's nobody in the cities. Why, where did they all go around the 1800s? But since that time, um, there definitely has been a decline of intellect. Now, do you think One something thing, wiped them out in 1800? What do you, what do you, what do you think happened? Why, why weren't people in these ornate buildings and all this huge and, uh, and, and why are all they covered in dirt? You know, all these old buildings have all these layers underneath them of, of buildings with, with windows. And it wouldn't make sense for underground to have windows. And the Tartarians disappeared at the same time. I mean, the Tartarians were here in 1700. And you're talking about the, the Tartarians that we know are like from descendant of Russia area. Like we know of these Tartarians from their architecture that they were around right around. Like we know that. I mean, line. they even they, they have a country up there. They go. People travel there as they see the king. They talk about the cities. They in 1700 and by, you know, 1750 by 1800, they're gone. You know, and it's a, now it's now it's Russia. And um, 
all these uh, all these other small now they call them the Mongols for the Mongolian Empire like Genghis Khan. That's what know? I am. I'm a Mongoloid. My dad would always called me a Mongoloid. He said I'm a big. Mongoloid. Oh really? Yeah, I swear. So yeah. that I mean that goes back to I mean they're Tartarians. The Mongols are Tartarians, and they're they're from the lost ten tribes of Israel. Well, so, that makes sense because I've always thought I've have a nephilim because I'm real tall. I don't look tall on stream, but I'm actually six three. And Ryan, I don't have that big of a dong. I wish I had a bigger dong. So what I'm saying, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is the Nephilim, they couldn't have had that big of dongs. They wouldn't have been able to put them in human chicks. So these Nephilims probably had, because God probably didn't need them. You know, there's not a lot of sex in heaven. He probably didn't have huge dongs on them. Well, the offspring, the offspring were giants. The, oh, the, the, the original produced weren't. They, and were th they had penises? And they, I mean, or do you think their spirit overtook them and could impregnate them kind of like immaculately or something? I think listen if you go if you go with the dinosaur theory they basically come down that they're reptilian aliens, and raped them kind of humanoids and if you pull up a wikipedia article oh, that's a horrible place to go but if you pull up uh uh you know we have to use some of their official this is stories just crazy conspiracy, stuff, yeah. conspiracy talk and yeah. i don't and I'm, but i'm just saying speculation if, everybody we're speculating the giant if the dinosaurs of of genesis enoch the giants are dinosaurs then it seems then the, the reptilian gene had to come from somewhere. So it, it had to have come. It didn't come from the human side, the female side. It had to have come from the males, the sons of God, the two hundred that descended upon the summit of Mount Hermon. So were they spirit? You know, I don't. The church it doesn't have an answer for this. They say, oh, uh, Genesis six four, the angel. There, those guys are angels, and they somehow took on a physical body and slept with women. That doesn't make any sense. So no matter what, if it's a dinosaur or a giant or whatever it is, it still doesn't make sense because you have some type of weird being coming down on top of a mountain, 200 of them raping women is what it was. And um, and then you have giants being born. Now, people told me, how could, a, how could a dinosaur come from that? It doesn't make any sense. And I say, well, how could a giant come? Okay, we still have two regular size apparently being able to get it going. And then next thing you know, you got a giant. It doesn't make sense whether it... It's coming out a dinosaur or or a giant humanoid. It's just supposedly in fossil record. There's the dinosaur. Um, wow, twenty one dollars. One bottle of Uva Vida for bar from your local dispensary, or maybe at midnight. What does that say? Or maybe a midnight bar from your local dispensary. Well, thank you. Uh, gosh, people are really on fire. Ryan, the gosh, thank I gotta, I gotta have you. you on every night. Okay, but, but stop at that. Dis yeah, yeah, stop, that, stop at that dispensary. Everybody go. This. Everybody go have fun. But so tell us this. So so the Nephilim. Where does that uh, okay the the offspring you know they could have been reptilian where does the Freemasonry and the, the secret ge geometry like where does that come into like the twelve tribes and the covering up of all this like why you know how like I guess that's a hard question to answer but no you know, no it's pretty easy you know? actually look the Freemasons where do they come from the Freemasons say that they uh, can trace their lineage back to the stone builders mentioned in the the book of uh, First and second, King, second Kings, I believe, of the stone builders who built Solomon's temple. So they, Freemasons, say, "Hey, look, our lineage, we can trace it, and it, and we can trace it back to the people who built King Solomon's temple." And so, who built King Solomon's temple? Well, Hiram, Hiram Abiff helped, but other than that, they were all. The tribes of Judah and Benjamin, that, that J word, you know who we're talking about. Yes, yes. And that's why on all Masonic temples, the, you will find the star. I, I'm going to call it this once for the audience the Star of David. 
which uh -huh. is also called the Seal of Solomon. Which but is you'll see it upside down, right? Like a pentagram, I thought. Or more accurately right? uh, called the Star of Rimfam is what that star is called historically. Now, the Bible tells you uh, not to use that star. In, in the book of Acts, it says, do not use that star. It's evil. And Rimfram, it, the star of Rimfram. Uh, yeah, R-E-M-P-H-A-N. And so... Um, the state of Israel took that to their flag in like 1950. And it was uh, the, the Jesuits who started using that symbol in the early, late 1800s, early 1900s. The Jesuits, so, how did, did the Jesuits create the Jesus fish as well? Where does that come? Isn't that symbol some sort of satanic? Kind I haven't searched that one enough no. to talk about it real good. All I know is that supposedly the Christians used to use it and they would like, uh, when they were getting persecuted, when they were talking to each other, they would um, like take their sandal and they would draw that fish symbol with their sandal in the sand. And then the other guy would know like, oh, this is a Christian. So now we can go off into More secret than. and talk about God. Um, is the fish symbol bad or is it come from the Masons or Jesuits? I don't know. Not that, not that I know. Maybe. I haven't researched that one. And I've researched a lot of the other symbols like the Star of David. It's not the Star of David, the Star of Rimfam. Um, but uh, the the fish symbol, as far as I'm, I I don't know on that one. I, you know, like no. I said, they used to draw it in a sandwich or sandal. But okay, but but that star. So so all the Masonic lodges adopt that star. And so and, and, and tell us what is the Masons? How, what are they? It's a double. It's a double triangle, of course. And, and most people realize that it's you know it has six vertices, six triangles, and six edges. So the star of Rimfam that the, the you know the J people love so much. Is told you, and I think what is it, Acts eleven forty three or something? It says, "Don't use this star," and now now they're using it, and it also has a six 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 in it, which probably doesn't mean all that much, but yeah, it does have the the. It means something. It's a hexagram. Well, look at the Earth real quick, though, Ryan. The Earth is at a twenty three point four degree tilt, meaning the adjacent angle is sixty six point six degrees. And they also say that the Earth is orbiting the Sun sixty six thousand six hundred miles an hour. Yeah. So there's and no coincidence. So now that came from um, Isaac Newton okay. with the universal law of gravitation. And here's the thing. Like I said, he was a 33-degree mason or the equivalent of it. They say that once you're at the 33-degree and you're going above that, it's uh, I've never been there, thank, thank goodness. But I've heard that um, after that, from reliable sources, that after that they have actually Masonic rituals in the astral plane. So they may even take DMT or activate the pineal some other way. But, um, and at that point they have Masonic rituals in the astral plane. So um, that means that they, they could be speaking, like they, they literally might be talking with evil spirits in the spirit realm as part of a ritual. Now the initiates are always blindfolded and they have a sword to their neck. So at no point could you ever say like, oh, I don't want to make an oath with Satan. And, and, you know, you can't do that. You're too late. Once people could be tricked into doing this and not realize what's going on until. It's... And, and there's some homoerotic stuff they do, too. You know, always. right? Oh, yeah. There's because yeah. there's sex magic. They get into the they get into sex magic. And um, so but, but all that being said, Isaac Newton is a guy who is into all of this. He's deeply into the occult. He's deeply into alchemy, which I hate the 
fact that I it's an interesting subject to me. But alchemy, he was in. He's in. Alchemy he's in is alchemy. very cool. Alchemy turning two things and turning into something else. That's cool. I mean, this stuff. And, and the idea looks. Like, Alistair Crowley's a terrible person, satanic worshiper. But like the idea that I guess being able to try to talk to a spirit or something, trying to connect. It's like I want to connect to God. Like I'm saying, there is. I guess you can find some sort of redeeming quality even in the most terrible person. Like I'm saying, L. Ron Hubbard is a terrible guy. At least Scientology, you get the idea that you kind of want to help somebody. Like, uh, different strokes for different folks. I'm not trying to justify what they're saying, but it's like, right. you know, it's interesting what they're doing. Like, uh, the idea that you can go to an astral plane and you're on some different realm, you're talking to spirits. Like, I'm not saying I want to conjure up demons, but I kind of want to know what the heck these people, uh, you know, their experience. I want to hear about it. It's interesting. If you can talk to uh, uh, the um, Jacob wrestled with an angel, and he did that at a place called Pineal, and from the sound, you know, from from what I've read in the Bible, uh, you you that's where you can come, basically face to face with good spirits. And of course, in the spirit realm, there's good and there's evil. So there's evil, like I said earlier, there's evil spirits, there's good spirits. So um, definitely alchemy and activation of the pineal gland. People say, oh, that's new age. Well, I don't. I hate new age. New age comes from. from from Freemasons. I, I hate that stuff. Um, and the, the point is that God wouldn't create me. I know God wouldn't create me with a communication device in my brain to connect me to evil and Satan. And that's the only, that's all, that's all it does is connect you to, to, to evil and the, 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 no, you're more, 100% right. well, the, the more true, the more uh, truthful thing would be that God, created a communication device in our brain that allows you to connect with the spirit realm. And so the Masons, they connect with evil beings in the spirit realm and they serve Satan. And you could eat, you could also connect with good, good beings and serve the real God, not, uh, not the fake one. Wow. I mean, I, I, and I do think that's true because I've had people that pass away in my life and I feel like I can feel them or like, you know, guardian angels. I, I feel like that is true. I, I, I think there are good people and bad there people. definitely are angels here you know a friend of mine is uh a friend of mine's evidence of that there's um so there's that de- you know there's not just evil spirits here there's definitely good there's definitely good spirits here but isaac newton who created the universal theory of gravitation and the sixty-six thousand miles per hour uh 66.6 degree tail all this stuff um if you look at that book the universal theory of gravitation it is uh, the original one written by Isaac Newton. That thing is ridiculous. And just how uh, dumb it is. I've never looked at that book really, but why? No, no. It's like how complex and just utterly nonsensical or something. Not, not nonsensical. Just, you know, it is extremely advanced. And to, to think that some guy back then just writes this book out with all these ridiculously advanced mathematics and he's everything now perfectly with, a bunch of six 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 is ingrained into it. It, it, it. I don't think it's humanly possible. It, it's equivalent to these Tartarian architectures that we're seeing. That it's just like, how in the world did this ever get done? The same thing goes for the universal law of gravitation. And I, and when you say, where did Isaac Newton get his knowledge from? Where, where was? Because if you make a, a pact with Satan, which is supposedly happens at the thirty third degree of Freemasonry. When you enter into, uh, you know, Rosicrucianism and all this. Once you go to the you, top level, then they'll take you to another extra top level. That, Is that correct? That's Ryan? when you go to the astral plane uh, and apparently make a, a pact with Satan. And um, 
and, and serve the satanic church at that point. People like that are granted extraordinary fame and wealth. You can see that all throughout Hollywood. The moment they make a pact with Satan, they boom, they just explode with wealth, fame, and, and, and uh, all the worldly pleasures. So Satan gives people that as a reward for serving him. And the same goes, I believe, for knowledge like Isaac Newton. Where did he get his extraordinary knowledge for this crazy universe theory of universal uh, law of gravitation. Well, one thing I want to say about Isaac though. Newton, real quick about Isaac Newton, though, if that you know, he says that he created the theory of gravity from an apple falling Are from you, a tree. Either you're quiet or I can't hear. Am I muted or something? Can you hear me? Am I muted? What's your, uh, I wonder. Hello. I think that I think I'm okay on the chat. It was my, it was my core. Oh, oh. Uh, uh. What I want to say I is that the, the. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we're good. Okay, this is the thing about Sir Isaac Newton that's annoying is that they say he created gravity because he saw an apple fall from a tree. But if that apple would have fallen into some water, it would have disproven that theory because it would have floated in the water because it would have been more buoyant than, uh, you know, it would have floated. So that would have disproved his theory right there. So so you're telling me that you think that they got this secret knowledge because they got in the group. But how did this knowledge even get to them? Like, like uh, let's let's go to the timeline of the knowledge, the the. the they were able to use like the secret ge geometry. Uh, They're building all this stuff in in what the 1800s, and then it gets gets passed down to the you know the Ben Franklins and the founding fathers type deal. What well, what do you think? Uh, the architectural, uh, the ability to build the architecture. I'm talking about the Freemason, all the secret stuff, the Solomon's Temple, like the fact that they are able to build, you know, the World's Fair. I was watching one of your videos, and I believe you said Bosch created the first power tool. Uh, I forget even what year it was, but I mean, it wasn't that long ago. So, I mean, it doesn't make any sense that you, you would be able to build these ornate buildings without a drill, without uh, some sort of crane, without a crane. by hand. Yeah, I mean, but how do no you do cranes. it without, without a crane? It doesn't make sense. You don't even have a, you don't even have a train yet or a, uh, you know, an automobile. So now you're moving everything in horse and buggy and, and, um, and by that, it's going through muddy streets. So that's going to slow the horse down even <laughs> Yeah, worse. that's another thing. All the streets are muddy. So why is that? So is that, so how did all these buildings, when they go and they dig them up, they have a, like there's levels that, that are covered in dirt. And at these levels, you can tell or you get the impression that they're not meant to be underground because they have windows. So so what happened? A big mu um, big mud flood? What do you think happened to all this Tartarian? How did this see? How did this? How did this history get hidden? And do the Freemasons at the 33rd level know this? Do they know Tartaria and that they've had secret technology and they're, they're way more advanced? Check this out. There, the documentation is outlined in my video called Tartarian Cities, Chicago. And I, in that video, I show how the whole entire fair and its destruction was orchestrated by Freemasons. And they also took all the money, like $5 million in 1893, because from the fair, they charge everybody to come into it and they generate all this money from all the different parts of the fair. And all that money ends up going 5 million bucks, 1893 ends up going back into the grand lodge of the state of Illinois, uh, for, for Chicago and the people who run the fair, uh, D wit and, um, the, the president of running the Chicago, 1893 fair. He's a Mason. Um, he, he's the master Mason of the, uh, Chicago temple. So guess who builds the Chicago World Fair architecture? Uh, it's, it's um, what's his name? I forget his name. The, the, those two guys, uh, well, they're both Masons too. They built the, um, 
they built the Masonic Temple in Chicago. The guys who supposedly built the 1890 World Fair. So hey, all hey, hey, Chicago Fair- is super. You know, the stadium that the Bulls used to play at. I remember just watching the documentary that just came out. All the floors were checkered, you know, that that Masonic black and white checker. Black you know, and so, white checker. So Chicago, and, and, and they know that they had a fire that was basically wiped out their history. That's, you know, an easy way to get rid of a lot of evidence. So, uh, you know, what is the, the symbolism of Chicago? What, what's the, so your video, we all got to watch that, but what's the importance of that? And how does that have to do with, uh, you know, San Francisco and New York and the other places, the other Tartaria in America? Well, the... Uh... Just that you can see, you know, you can trace the fairs being run, that, that they're they're run by Masons. And it looks like what they're doing is they go from city to city, uh, destroying destroying all evidence of Tartarians throughout North America. Now, another book I just recently read is called The Muscovites, which is a, the Tartarians. The Tartarians in California, and it explains how they migrated from uh, Arzareth or, you know, Tartaria over the Bering Strait into North America and that Tartarians came over here uh, as far back as like the year 400. See, that uh, makes so much more sense. How could you cross the West in a covered wagon? I'm not saying nobody could do it, but like Lewis and Clark, I mean, with no road, you're going to go on foot. Lewis and Clark were both Freemasons, by the way. Well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. I think New York, I mean, I think San Francisco and California had to have already been established. And it was probably, it makes sense that it would come out of Russia, you know, south of, of Alaska, basically. And Omaha, I wonder how many cities in Canada, because even on old maps, it shows cities, you know, uh, Tartarian cities in Canada. So I'm wondering what cities, you know, British Columbia or what kind of cities up there that they that they destroyed. But there's ones, now, now an interesting one uh, is, Omaha, Nebraska, because Omaha, Nebraska has the same architecture. They have the same World Fair, destroy it all. And they um, they call it Quiveria. And they say that uh, the old king is coming back. And, and they, they say that the, the uh, old king of Quiveria is coming back. And so uh, Quiveria, of course, is one of the lost seven cities of gold. So the Spaniards come uh most people think they're in south america they're like uh, if you look at these old maps these lost seven cities of gold are all in north america and quiveria is one of them seems to be very near omaha nebraska so i'm wondering with all these gold rushes like with uh you know san francisco the gold rush of the 1849 and all this are there cities of gold actually are the seven cities of gold real is that tartarian architecture because and then maybe they stripped all the gold off or they could have even taken molds of the gold and then cast it with their fake staff. You know, they call it, they say they built these cities with staff and stucco. So they might've taken a mold of the golden statues, the golden architecture, uh, stripped all the gold out, had their gold rush, of course. And then, you know, and then after that, throw up the, throw up the staff or whatever repairs they need to do from stripping the city's, bear but um it's possible you know anyways it's possible some of these cities were the are these seven lost cities of gold well what do, what do you think of the idea of the free electricity that they had to hide it that these cities that were you know had some sort of electricity and that they were able to you know now they have wireless charging literally and you're like they're they're advertising now today you can charge your phone just by being in a room so we know that they have the technology to wirelessly charge stuff i don't think it was electricity okay um and I think our uh, I think our understanding of electricity is flawed. There's a 
could have been energy though or something so but but yeah some definitely an energy of some type that, that we have no idea what it is it's some type of free energy it seems to be related to uh alchemy the the red philosopher's stone maybe that's red mercury certainly if you could get your hands on some red mercury and some gold you could have free energy uh but was it it might have been for communications because a lot of these Tartarian cities seem to be connected through canals. And um, and uh, there's some weird device out there. I forget what it's called. Marley's, uh, Marley's device, which is in the water. And it's basically like a computer from, from uh, you know, the, I think the 15, 1600s or something like this. So they might, they may, you know, maybe for communication, but sir, or, or power. You know, just getting power, getting something to spin so that, so that you have some uh, free energy generated. There's old Tartarian boats that have two metal balls. At the, oh, whoa, watch out for that. Uh, two metal balls <laughs> at the top of them. And uh, there's no cell. There's no stacks. So there's no smoke coming out of it. And it seems like, you know, they had some some way to harness uh, magnetic or, or atmospheric energy. Um not this, I don't think it's electricity per se, but uh, certainly a, a lost technology there that we don't know how to use anymore. Wow. So, hey, I just want to say, guys, I put it in the chat. If you guys want to come ask a question, we got Ryan for another about 20 minutes. So if you guys want to ask a question for Ryan, I know we're talking about some heavy hitting stuff. Ryan, you got to come back on. They're loving you in the chat. And we got a bunch Absolutely. of donations. But because, you know, all this stuff we can't handle in one night. And I really like how we're dissecting uh, the Freemasonry and, you know, the idea of, you know, how they're social engineers, basically, you know, writing some sort of fake script. But where, okay, let's go into this. What do you think about uh, uh, Project Bluebeam? Oh, we have Abby. Already we have somebody coming in, Abby. But what do you think about Project Bluebeam and the idea of a fake uh, uh, Alien rapture? invasion? Yeah, or rapture type deal. Uh, man, I think anybody would believe it, you know. It, anyone would believe it. They, uh, you can put anything on a news station you want and... Certainly, if you went outside and looked up and seen something, you would uh, you would be instantly convinced that uh, that it was true. So I don't doubt that. But I also don't doubt that the rapture already happened. Where did everybody go? Why do we have empty cities in the 1800s? And oh, well, uh, I like this. Like, go more into this. So you think the rapture could have already happened and we're kind of oh, the yeah. after effects. We're left here maybe on our look. The, the book of four Ezra says that the lost 10 tribes are going to remain in our Arzareth, where they're going to remain in Tartaria until the end times. And after that, they're going to leave and cross over the Euphrates River to the west. Well, Genghis Khan took his uh, Tartarians, all the Tartarians, they left Arzareth. They went over the Euphrates River to the west. And, uh, and, and according, to, according to historical record, um, Purchases, the book called Purchases Pilgrims, when they crossed, they couldn't cross the river. Uh, it was too high. So God held the river back for them, just like the crossing of the Red Sea. Now, in the book of four Ezra's, it says at the end times, when the, when the lost 10 tribes come back, that he will hold the waters back for them again so that they can cross over the, so that they can cross over the Euphrates River. The exact thing happened when Genghis Khan came out and crossed in his Christian conquest to take back the city of Jerusalem for the Christians. God supposedly held the waters back for him then. So, uh, the, are the Tartarians still in Arzareth? Not that I can tell, unless you say that the, unless you're calling them Russians now, but, um, according to the book of four Ezra, if the Tartarians are no longer in Arzareth, then the end times have already happened. 
Um, do, do I believe that empirically? Not necessarily. It's a good theory. And here's why we have the empty cities from 1800. I can see Istanbul empty as could be, San Francisco, every, I mean, the, the cities go on and on and on in the 1800s that are completely empty. The book of Revelation talks about a harvest where they're going to harvest people. Uh, and it seems that that harvest probably happened sometime around 1800. That being said, I don't think George Washington was the Antichrist, but the book of Revelation explains that there will be many Antichrists. And George Washington fits nine out of ten of the Antichrist criteria because wow. uh, keep going. This was, is awesome that we've already passed our track. I haven't heard this idea, Ryan. I'm vibing listen, with it. This is intense. I like listen, it. Listen, put put up a pull up a because we are in some sort of apocalyptic uh, world already. Like, what do we even have? Like, what do, I mean, it's just the world we live in is so weird. Okay, what do you mean to type in? Uh, uh, I forget what it's called. Um, George Washington on the ceiling of the Capitol building. Washington, because the Antichrist is supposed to be worshipped like a god and okay i mean george washington as the president first president of the united states is 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 you know almost worshiped as a god now he is obviously a 33rd degree mason uh george washington's connection to masonry is without a doubt but there's even a maybe a closer up image of it but there he is right there in the middle you can see when you go into the capitol building and and you look up to heaven there it is right there. That's a good no, one. That's him in the middle. Hold yeah. on. Let me, yeah. Let me see. I don't know if you can see. Okay. You see that? That's him in the Go middle. Check, check what Wikipedia has a good picture. Uh, okay. Has a good uh, picture uh, close up of it. Oh, shoot. Let me zoom out. Hey, op- it's the Apotheosis of Washington. The Apotheosis of Washington. There it is. Okay. And this is just one. There he is real close. So when you uh-huh. go into Capitol building, you look up to heaven. This is what you see. You see, when you're looking up into heaven, you're seeing God sitting on his throne. And it's, I mean, this is basically, uh, if you ask me, that's God. There is no Jesus up there. There is no God up there. The person up there in the clouds is George Washington. And if that's not worshiping a man like a God, then check out the, check out this one, George Washington, um, of Apollo statue. Oh, shoot, Apollo statue. I, can't I should have had my screen share ready. I know. I can't even show a statue. Okay, how do you a statue? What is it? Uh, uh, let's see. Images. Is there it is it? right there. Oh, and it's Baphomet. Uh, as above, so below. One hand up, one down. This is uh, modeled after the... Um, I forget the, the actual name of it, but it's one of those gods. And uh, this is depicting Baphomet, George... I think. Depicting George, I mean, yeah, he's got the one hand raised up and the other down. It's another, uh, I think it's Apollo is who he's, or, or Zeus, maybe it's Zeus. I yeah, I was going to say Apollo. Is yeah, that, Apollo. okay, Abby, welcome to the show, Abby. How are you Batman. doing? I'm how good, are how are you? you? You sound good. I don't know if we can see Thank you, you, but you sound good. So uh, what do you got for Hello, us? Abby. This, this, well, look, actually, this, you know, this, I started off a little annoyed, but he's he's bringing some good heat here. Oh, I, I, I'm wow. all about, I am all about that post millennium and I did not expect him to pull that out of his hat. Yeah. Dinosaurs probably maybe are going to make some people mad, but the, uh, the dinosaur uh, thing, I was a little, I was a little salty at that because honestly, I mean, how long ago has it been really not very that we even that, it, you know, dinosaurs were dug up how, right. I mean, how many millennia of, you know, building some, you know, 
foundations digging in the ground and no dinosaur bones. Like all of a sudden we have these, hey, look, it's a T-Rex and half the bones are plaster casts. And Right. All of them, all of them are, are plaster casts and the uh, originals are tucked away in a Masonic vault that no one uh, at the Smithsonian where no one's allowed to go and ever see it. Abby's great, but how old do you think the earth is real quick? I want to get that in real quick, Ryan. And Abby, keep going. Your voice is great. I, you need to call Thank on the you. show more often. Okay, go, Ryan. So your microphone's nice, whatever 10, you're using. 10,000 years is it's what I say. It's somewhere around 10,000 years old. And that's, now that is a, re- now if the dinosaurs are the Nephilim, then that's a reason why the Masons would want to, and, and they're only 6,000 or 8,000 years old. And that's a reason why the Masons would want to hide the real bones and not let anybody have access to them uh, because it would, you know, they'd be able to study them and figure out that they were, um, that, you know, that they're only uh, 6,000 years old or whatever. So, uh, yeah. but, but, but yeah, I don't, like I said, on that whole dinosaur thing, I don't, I don't know who knows and it's likely they're fake. Uh, so that's uh, here nor there. They I, I just, think so. yeah. it's, Go ahead. I want to hear what Abby has to say. What do you think? Abby? Well, have, have you considered the mitochondrial studies? If, you know, if you go back to the mitochond- mitochondrial DNA, there's literally no chance that any mitochondrial situation would be older than 6,000 years. So we all have the same mother. Right. Yeah. The uh, And I, those studies, I think, align with the kind of the 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 biblical chronology that the they do seems seems like the earth is you know probably not much more than ten thousand years old and, and the flood looks like it occurred sometime around six thousand years ago i used to be really firm in that but now i wonder if maybe we were manipulated and i don't want to think like prometheus kind of situation i, I think the whole um it, oh god uh I, i'm so annoyed by uh satguru like he annoys me so bad he says that, that they you know it's like a billions of years old this stuff and galaxies and universes and in uh multiverses and we're insignificant specks of dust yet he wants you to be this whole human and is that sad guru that indian guy yeah yeah i someone just recently asked me about him and i looked him up and he uh i mean that guy definitely is a mason he spoke he spoke very highly of masons he said he loved their architecture and loved the geometry well, it's not really theirs. They kind of hijacked it. If you look at the the cornerstones they put on buildings, like the oldest one, I think is 1831. So honestly, <laughs> they just, oh, and they that just like real quick, Abby, keep going. But that makes sense. Gargoyles are kind of like lizardy, half humany thing. You know, maybe yeah. these things were kind of gargoyle like. Hey, that, that's a big part of their uh, uh, you know architecture. Let's go across the earth to Mexico. Okay, here we got Quetzalcoatl, which is. Their god, one of their gods, is the uh, is the reptilian yeah. uh, snake god, yeah. Quetzalcoatl. Yeah. This guy has the same birth of Jesus Christ. I can't figure out the difference between the two, except Jesus came out human, and Quetzalcoatl came out half human, half reptilian. But here's the thing: the Quetzalcoatl over in Mexico, somehow they get a virgin birth, where a virgin like is shot with an arrow from from a. a, a, a some kind of being, you know, whatever spirit being or whatever shoots her with an arrow. And next thing you know, she's pregnant. She's a virgin and she gives birth to Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl comes out. He's reptilian. He is a lizard, a lizard God. So all the way across the world in a totally disconnected place, supposedly disconnected Mexico, we have the same exact story of of a virgin being shot supernaturally, having a virgin birth. And then uh, the only thing is in Mexico, it had reptilian qualities and, and Jesus didn't. So. Well, to be honest, it's not really a virgin birth. It's the mother, father, child situation, like the whole try 
think, but actually, if you if you you know if you listen to what Jesus said, um, you know, study and pay attention. And well, you know, religion sucks. And he didn't. He wasn't trying to say I'm this and I'm that. Every time someone asked, "Are you the Messiah?" He says, "Well, you say that I am, and but I am." And he, not saying that he's not, because he is the way, but I think right. he was meaning that in, I'm trying to, sh- I'm like choking you, trying, shaking you, showing you the way. But if you look at all of the gospels, there's really, the whole virgin birth thing is actually nearly modern um, invention of, of the Catholic church. And okay, so if you were to honestly study the, not just the text itself, but the historical context and the culture of the time it was written. Um, a Hebrew would never, ever list a female as an ancestral anything. It, it would only go by male lineage. So when when Mary is is named as the lineage of Jesus, it's not only her. It's other you know other females listed as as ma- matronly lineage they are all whores or you know had slept with Wait, the only else. time it was, it was listed as your mom as if it was a whore basically that you just didn't i have mean it yes there. so it is not <laughs> literal it does it, it, it is teaching you something there it's not it's not in all the gospels and so it's trying to tell you something else about mary it, basically the the message is it doesn't matter who you are or where you came from what you've done what your ancestors have done you are are all you know, everybody has the same potential as of being wholly human and listening to Jesus's message of actually just loving your freaking people you know and all people are your people everybody's your brother Abby I like that and I want to make the point people don't realize guys it is just sheer you hit the lottery 10 times just by being here just the sheer fact that your mom and dad did the hippity dippity at that time oh, and man. they decided to have you and everything worked out that you're actually here having this shared experience is literally one in a trillion chance I don't even know what the mathematical formulation of that but people don't want to do that people don't want to realize that because they want to take away your significance so Abby so you sound yes. really wide awake to what's going on it's so nice to have such a nice well spoken educated guest so so where, you. where do you fit into to Tartaria and kind of, you know, some of the lost truths of, of our uh, you know, I, creation. It is, it is my number one thing. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm Shaluminati Radar. My name's Oh, Shaluminati Radar. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Shaluminati. Are you a Yeah, and hey, yo, I like totes hit you up on that Twitter and I didn't get a response. No. Totally I, my hot, my no, nuclear I, hot noodles is waiting for you, man. Oh, yeah, Shaluminati. We got to do the show. Okay, well, we'll do it this week. Well, you're not on cam. We'll do the nuclear hot. I got to I gotta oh. order them, though. Send me the links. So I got to order them. Let's do it to we'll it. We'll do I, the I muck did, bank. but I will send it again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, it. Shaluminati, I get a lot of messages. I'm not trying to sound uh, insignificant, but you know, I mean, I Listen, Shaluminati, no, I, yeah. I want to do it though. I'm not. I'm not pulling. You I did not even bother emailing because I know how that goes. You no, like bug thousand. me. No, bug me because I need to know that. Okay, bug wait. So, you? I, yeah, okay, so, don't tell me that if you don't mean it. Well, tell me. Tell me though. How did you figure <laughs> out Tartaria? And and do you have you watched Ryan? Uh, some of Ryan's stuff and like, well, what got you into it? And where do you actually? This is my first question: Is what is the Tartarian timeline in your opinion? Uh, you know, with the creation and where do they come from? Like, what is your understanding of Tartaria? Um, I would honestly. I mean, I, everything at this point, and I think. Anybody in any part of this that wider air quote community can 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 realize that it's all conjecture now. Um, we're all just trying to figure it out. And I don't know if you, if you've ever seen like John Levi, um, Michelle Gibson, freaking amazing. I have never heard of Ryan, and I. What about Andreas you know, Exertus? Have you heard of Andreas Exertus? He's a great flat earther. I mean, a Tartarian. Or have Tartaria, you? Yeah. yeah. Have you? Have you? No, but I. You need to watch his funny. stuff. Too. 
Um, I don't watch a wide variety of channels. Um, I actually don't look at the screen a whole lot. I listen while I'm working. And so it's, you know, it's kind of what the AI feeds me now because, you know, it didn't used to be like that. You used to get fed whatever was relevant, but now the AI kind of cuts down on that. You gotta... uh, they do it on purpose because then it's like a lottery game because sometimes it'll suggest a video you like. So you keep going back thinking that it's always going to suggest something yes. you like. Yeah, it's weird. So I watched one like clickbait thing with my daughter earlier and now like my entire feed is clickbait. It's all like 2 million sub, 500,000 views, panda. Kitty if you things. liked it, yeah. If you definitely, if you gave it a like, <laughs> it'll fit, it'll fit anything. Okay, but real quick, so give me your kind of uh, quick Tartaria synopsis. What do you think? I, I like this. Um, you. if you have seen the Sochi Olympics um opening ceremony, um, they tell you what happened right there. Um, twenty fourteen, I think it was. Um, so they come out and they have all the the beautiful like onion dome Tartarian, vibrantly colored, um, architecture, and everybody is just just living and, and and thriving and vibrant and then this <laughs> i love this part the british flag is on the floor and you have this beam come down from like the sky this portal opens up and the beam comes down and you have these men that are kind of like droning looking and they get they kind of take all the women and they interject their dna you know uh, and, and that's that's the the first interpretation i saw of it but if you can watch it the ceremony without any preconceived interpretation um i think you can come to the same or a similar conclusion it's it's tartaria was amazing and beautiful and it's like a post-atlantean um thing like worldwide and, and he was right you know the canal system um, and that is something that really points me to the post-millennium thing too because the architecture of the entire world it, it was the same it wasn't it wasn't a Greek revival. It was Greek. It, you know, if you look at who Jesus was and then you have Caesar. Well, I love the when I heard that uh, Caesar is Jesus and Jesus is Caesar. If you look at the kings, um, rulers of, of the whole world from. I know Ryan doesn't like that. Lost. Ryan likes Jesus, so he doesn't like that. But have you heard that theory that the story oh. of Caesar is basically a recreation of the story of Jesus, Ryan? Yeah, I have. Um, now. Uh, L let me let me switch over to another guy for a second. The guy who's seen the white horse, who rides upon a horse and wears a crown, Genghis Khan. G Khan just means king. Uh, actually, if you look up the meaning of Khan, K-H-A-N, it means king of kings. And so, uh, a more uh, Genghis is is his name. Khan is his title. So, if we were to say it today, we would say Genghis King. Um, but Genghis kind of sounds like Jesus. I mean, it kind of has. That's yeah. exactly where I'm going. Except for we would say King Genghis. Uh, so Genghis Khan, the, the it may just be a phonetic coincidence, but Genghis Khan is literally saying King Genghis. And when I say King Genghis, it sounds pretty much the same thing as King Jesus. So Genghis definitely had a had a name that was very similar to the name Jesus, um, and. Uh, and certainly matches a one-to-one -one match for um, the, the first seal being open, as well as the chapters 18, I think it's 18, 19, and 20, uh, which is the fall of Babylon, uh, yeah. the city of the city of, ba of Baldur. Oh, that's a whole another beautiful conversation itself. What is Babylon? What is the, uh, the harlot? What is Babylon to you? I mean, with paganism, the creation of all this, oh, oh, real quick, Abby, what is Babylon to you? And then I'd like to get I your I think, honestly, around. I used to think... 
I used to kind of go back and forth between Israel and America, but I don't think it's either now. I think it's London. I think it's more because if you look at the the latest reset, um, the mud flood situation, um, you have some cities that uh, most cities, if you look at pictures of where they're pretending to build buildings, some city in, in their vat, there's no people there, but some of them have lots of people, tons of people massive crowds of people that are just just it's like a clustered screw of where do I walk you know and Paris and London in particular um they kind of didn't get it so bad um so I think I don't think the whole I think there was like a major I'm kind of sort of looking at the you know the 400 year reset thing um the the major catastrophe but then maybe every 150 years like the societal reset which would be right now it's time and I think that's why we're talking about this because we kind of we kind of get it, you know, it's it's due. And but I wonder if we have reached that um, critical mass. It's not working out the way they want it to. But if you look at you know the Great Depression and just a little before that, when you had the the repopulation of the West, it's like the orphan trains um, <laughs> and all that. Uh, I think that that's actually kind of new in the way that's a new parasitic invasion of the human reality. And um, I think they have made us think that they've been in power because if, if you read the Bible, it says, you know, the iniquity has been in place since the beginning, um, but they want to make themselves out to be that iniquity, that 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 deception or uh, the adversary, Satan, whatever you want to call it. Um, but they want us to feel like they're so powerful that there's nothing we can do. But really, it's only been about since the mid 1800s it's actually a new iniquity and they're they're mocking it and they they are panicking pretty bad because we know a little too much i think you're right i think like the internet is almost taking over it's gotten too big they got to reset us they got to turn the power off that's, and shut that's us. why they went with the to. great reset it's on the way all right abby anything else i'm gonna i'm gonna kick you off and we're gonna do the last yeah. 10 minutes uh, uh uh thank you so much for we got to do the shalom send, send me the messages yeah. and we'll talk soon thank you abby yep, we'll do it all right, all right. awesome all right. She brought up a lot of good points, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing her into the conversation. And I appreciate you guys calling in. Okay, so let's kind of wrap this up. You got to come back again. You know, I know it's you know it's kind of late here, uh, but but gonna, so we got to wrap we got to wrap back up. Oh yeah, the prison where yeah, we you, uh, where we never go. covered. Go go ahead. And that uh, because we started to cover the prism and uh, got off track because that because was the prism where... proved that it was flat Earth. It didn't take two hundred proofs, Merrick Dubay. That wasn't enough for you. No, and okay. no, the, uh, um, I had to, uh, start looking for myself and that came down to, uh, measuring, you know, measuring the stars with the sextant and getting the telescope out and watching the movement of the stars, because that's what proves this, the sphere earth is the movement of the stars, celestial navigation. One of the biggest problems that I that I had was uh, you mean it proves the flat Earth, not the sphere Earth. Sphere Earth is the, the the proof for the sphere Earth comes from the stars, from that's the triangulation they, of stars. But I mean that's fake. I mean how how I mean it might me right, measuring right. Just, a star. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the the proof that the sphere Earthers use to, to empirically prove oh, okay, the, Earth the sphere so. is the is the movement of the stars, and so that's you know. Of course, we got to go there to see, to find that. I had to go there to find that proof. Uh, 
So, but I would so argue I'm against that the, because they say we're going four different directions. You have Polaris and North Stars in the same spot every night, and you can watch the Big Dipper and Little Dipper literally rotate around the North Star. So yeah, so they we, go right around us. The uh, but when I started when I started me, uh, measuring the stars, and there was a there's a problem there. You have to factor in uh, you have to factor in astronomical refraction because because light doesn't go straight through from the sun to our earth. The atmosphere is not homogeneous. The atmosphere continually gets denser and denser and denser the closer it gets to earth. And most places it gets, uh, it gets hotter and it gets cooler as you go up. And so, so you believe not- in the pressure gradient, but I, I don't believe a pressure gradient can hold in, you know, air. I just, uh, uh, is that what you're but, saying? There's a, uh, there's a pressure gradient, the barometric pressure. There's a temperature gradient. It's hotter. It's hotter down here than it is up there, um, and and it's it can be proven with experimentation that that the atmosphere is not homogeneous. Light doesn't go straight through our uh, doesn't go straight through our air. Um, even even horizontal rays that are following horizontal the surface of the Earth, those also follow a curve. Well, because, a crepuscular um, rays, you can just look at the way that the sun shines through the clouds, that they're going at too sharp of an angle for it to be 93 million miles away. But for me, just this is just, I want to hear exactly what you have to say about the prism. Sorry, I keep cutting off. But I like to think, or what I think when I see the sun and moon, I believe there are lights in the sky and that they're actually being projected from somewhere else. Maybe because that's why we see it the same is because it's, it's being projected. It's a light that's, you know, maybe bouncing off something that is curved. Exactly. Uh, uh, I... I I think it's something like this. Look, if you go into the go into a dark room with a mirror and bring a flashlight, shine a flashlight on the mirror. Now on the mirror, you're going to have a perfectly circular sun, or what you call a sun. It looks like the sun because it's a round circle of light, and you could say that because it's a because it's round, it's a sphere. So that's that's the sun. Now the reflection in the mirror, it's not even the source of the light. The source of the light is the flashlight. So what the the, the reflection that you see, you know. I think that probably the sun, the, the circle of light that we see is probably closer to something of that nature. It's probably a reflection. It's probably not even the actual light source. And, um, but who knows, man. And it also might be a light that's in, that's not even in our third dimensional world. There's a. Well, and then speaking of the inverse law of light, you can just look at the moon landing. You know, they said that they were on the moon when, when the, on, the, on the, the, the lit up side of the moon. When you can see it at night, it is so bright. It'll light up a lake, like, you know, just like a light in the sky. And it, it, it's more combustible than, than actually sunlight. So just the, the fact that they say that uh, moonlight's just the, the reflection of sunlight is absurd. It's not that at all. Mm-mm, it can't be. It's, it's, it's lighting from its from itself or maybe from the black sun, but when, but so you but think there's I'm a third measuring... celestial being, you think there's a, maybe a third celestial being that's what causes eclipses in your opinion. Uh, Hey, look, when you say dome, black the, sun, the, 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 I, I vibe the dome with that. itself. The dome itself could cause the eclipse when, you know, the, uh, when the, when the, when the eclipse goes over like this and you see, okay, look here, I got a dome right here. It might be hard, a little bit hard to see, but there we go. There's a dome, and if you look on here, you can see it's a flat Earth. So here I got a dome, and when I have eclipse, and the eclipse, uh, here's the dome. Now, if my face or something is the moon, and the eclipse coming like this, you can see how that eclipse could be 
just the dome itself. So I, I don't know what the eclipse is, um, but I do know that I've done a lot of experimentation with shadows and I can make shadows, depending on how far away it is, you can flip them horizontally. You can flip a shadow from this way to this side. So we could have an eclipse that, that, that comes through, that starts like this. And then as it finishes, it comes out the other side like that. There's all kinds of uh, explanations for the eclipse. Another, the biggest problem I have, uh, I've found with flat earth is the sig sigma octans, the Southern polar star, but that's a, uh, that's a, probably a problem for another day. This one, I am going to cover the prism because this is where I said, look, the, the earth has got to be flattened. And uh, when I was studying this, the stars, and their movements, which is what the they use to prove the sphere. It's also how they originated the lines of longitude and latitude, which uh, is from, you know, of course, from the stars. So when we look at a star, we're seeing it through a bunch of refraction. We're seeing it through a bunch of atmospheric refraction. And when we're looking at a celestial object, it's called astronomical refraction. And so when you measure a star, for example, Eratosthenes, when he does his experimentation, it sticks in well, shadow. Give me a break. Yes, yeah, sir. He's, he's, he's assuming that the light coming from the sun to the earth is coming in a perfectly straight line. And that uh, that's what that assumption makes. The truth is the light rays that come from the sun to the earth follow a, a curve the whole entire time. Um, that's that's covered in this book of Physics of the Air by W.J. Humphreys. If I can. There we go. Um, and in here, of course, is a great study for uh probably can't see it here but it's, it's astronomical atmospheric refraction. refraction so i studied so i studied this book thoroughly to figure out how to do the mathematics uh to correct the location of the star of the star in the sky when we see the sun up in the sky it's not actually where we see it it's it's supposedly further down and because the light rays as it came to us followed a curve but our eye our eyeballs can only assume that it, that it's a perfectly straight line so when we see the sun it's not actually where it is it's a little bit lower and that's due to atmospheric refraction. Now, if you get a prism, go get a prism like this and put it directly up to your eyeballs, just like I'm doing here. And okay. when you do this, what will happen is uh, you probably can't see if I do it through the webcam, but go do it. Go do it. Kinda, we can see your keyboard. We can dang see something. It. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, get a prism, put it to your eyes and look through it. What you're going to see uh, if you're in public, someone's going to laugh at you. But what you'll see is perfectly flat lines take a real nice curve, just like the curve that you see of Earth from space. So the question is, why does that, why is, when you look through a prism, does a illusory curve uh, appear? And it's not a very easy question to answer. I thought this massive book on physics of the air was uh, that it has you do a bunch of experiments with prisms and lasers. I thought that this was going to have an answer for why a curve is seen when you look through a prism, but it doesn't. I had to um, I had to experiment and figure it out for myself. And anyway, long story short is it's a combination of two things. This angle of incidence, the angle at which the light is coming into the prism, and it's also the refractive index of the of the media. So those two things cause light to, to follow a curve. And a long story short is that there's a curve when you look through the prism and if you were to go to a high elevation, such as uh, this, this, you know, this fake ISS below me, and you were to look back at Earth, you wouldn't see the picture that you see right here. You would see actually a real nice curve that makes it appear that it's a sphere. And you would see it with your naked eye. 
people want to blame it all on um, lenses and GoPros and, and all of this. Yeah, fisheye lens. That's what they want to if say. If you study the physics of the air, you realize that the closest point between the observer at, and the ISS, me up here on that side, is the closest point between me and the ground is a direct line below me. And when I look up to the horizon line, the closest point is from me to the very center of the horizon. And as you go to the left and as you go to the right, that point to the horizon, to the left and to the right, it, my earphones fall, is, is um, it's a further distance. So the light waves that have to travel between you straight in front of you okay. to where the, that curve is at the highest and the, and the ones to the left and the right, those light waves are not only longer, uh, which, you know, it's causing the light wave to follow a more of a curve in addition to that. Uh, I mentioned well, angle of incidence. Well, what about the idea with Picard? He put the he took a balloon up what 120,000 feet, basically. He said, and then he said it looked like a, a, a upturned up, edge. Yeah, so, so I can do the same exact thing with this. I can get I can get the uh, I can get the upturned edge where it goes like this, and it goes like this. Convex. You, and, you can and, have either yeah. either way. It see, I haven't been up to 100,000 feet elevation, <laughs> yeah. but it seems to have to do with. Uh, the the angle that the observer that the observer is looking, but but, but you see way, balloons. You've seen the footage of balloons going that high. I mean, it looks it looks like the sun is right there. I mean, it literally looks like you're almost even with the sun. Sun's right there. High. Yeah. And if and if there is visible curvature, that is 100% easily explained by physics of the air because light waves between you and the surface of the Earth are following a curve. And as you go from uh, to your left or as you go to your right, that that curve is increase. The angle of incidence is increasing and that causes the the illusory uh, curve curvature of the earth uh, to, to be seen. So I, I propose that the uh, guy in a high altitude aircraft at probably not 30,000 feet, you're not going to see hardly anything there. But if you get up to like 100,000 feet or higher. Felix, who's uh, skydiving at 24 miles high. If yeah, but the footage high, from inside there looked flat. When the the non uh, the footage from inside the capsule looked kind of flat. In my well, opinion. there's, I mean, you get to see a little tiny section out of the, I mean, right through there. Some people are going to say you're crazy for being a geocentric flat Earth. They're saying you can see it, but but <laughs> I, I think you're right though. I think there is something spherical hey, to our, our to our uh, I mean our our Earth. I've I've proven but, this but, but listen with experimentation. This. Over, but Go real quick, real quick, Ryan, for yourself. Ryan, can you hear me? The large bodies of water we know doesn't do not curve at eight inches per mile squared. We got the black oh, swan, sure, yeah. you know. So we know over large bodies of water. So we're where, flat. yeah. So where do you see the curve? Do you think that you think that the dome is curved and the underneath is curved? That's what we're seeing. You could, you, you could see you could see a curve. You could see a ship go over the horizon with. But you uh, can zoom right in if you have a camera. Not, I mean, not infinitely. You can't zoom in and see Antarctica, you know. And so that's where that's where terrestrial refraction comes in. Light that is traveling perpendicular to the surface of the Earth doesn't continue to go forever. You can't, you can't, you can't see Antarctica from, yeah. uh, you know, because eventually that light follows a curved path, and and now you can't see it anymore. The curve, the curve falls off, and then there's also the problem of perspective. The the human vision actually has a perspective where everything comes down into a dot and it disappears. But in addition to the uh, human perspective problem, you have terrestrial refraction, like I'm saying. So the light waves are, are bending down. You'll never be able to see Antarctica uh, because light waves can't travel that far. They'll, they'll bend down and not be able to reach the, uh, the ice wall. 
And there's no independent exploration uh, below the 60th parallel. And, and uh, you know, it gets wider as it goes south. And, like, the circumnavigation works on the AE map. People that are going to say that we're crazy, I can tell. You're just going to have to look into this stuff yourself. But, okay, Ryan, I got to have you on. Everybody loved you in the chat. We crush it with donations. I want to say, and, guys, the, all the mods, we have some people spamming the chat. The mods are crushing it, getting all the spam out. <laughs> but we got over 50 people watching on Rockfin, $20 in tips on Rockfin. So thank you, Shay Shay TK and Chris Ragsdale. Been watching your channel lately. Huge fan now. Here's 10 bucks for the debate videos I've seen you in. Wow, Chris, I really appreciate all the support. So, Ryan, okay, so let's wrap it up. We've been here an hour and 48 minutes. In the next couple of minutes, you know, we'll tell them where they can find you and, and, and tell them, kind of give them your synopsis of why they should come uh, uh, watch all your stuff, Ryan. Um, well, I mean, you shouldn't come watch all my stuff. Just you should. I, I give you the vouch. Everybody should go look at Ryan's stuff for sure, but I'm just saying you kind of sell. Search for truth. Yeah, yeah, search yeah. Search for truth. And if you if you find it at uh, my channel, then um, then getting great. I uh, It's it's youtube.com slash Ryan Zim, R-Y-A-N-Z-E-H-M. Oh, last thing. Wait, wait, last thing. I got. I almost forgot. Ryan Zim, hold on. Okay, I got, we got to go over and this article. So keep going. You, you keep highly talking. advise you to watch my video on horizontal refraction. It's called a physicist's flatter theory, horizontal refraction. And I explain the physics of how the curvature of Earth is seen, even to the naked eye, you know, the naked eye, if you were to go to a high elevation, like 100,000 feet or 24 miles or up into the International Space Station. Oh, no, we got me on uh, Vice yes. News here. What is this, Ryan? I had to ask <laughs> this is the last thing. Meet developer who made games for three years while living on the street. So basically, going on there, it's not as hard luck as it sounds, but Ryan basically developed a video game, a mobile game, yeah. in a library. I was, I was homeless in Boise. And I was living in a tent up there by Bogus Basin, and uh, I couldn't stand the homeless shelter because uh, the uh, people on probation, the the cops make them go stay at the homeless shelter if they if they like if they find beer in the fridge of the guy uh, who's on probation, they make them go stay at the homeless shelter. So so at the homeless shelter, you get all these guys down there who are mad as can be. Oh my PO made me come sleep, and I'm like, look, man, I don't got a house. I'm trying to sleep. Just shut up. And uh, so, so I said, so I got out of there. I go stay in the tent at the, uh, up, up by the mountain. And, um, and all this, so, you developed a video game. You went to the library every day and tell us what you did. This is why I rode my bike really down cool. that hill. Uh, the best part was the morning because of my, the, it was downhill. And then I just, then I grab a shower at the homeless shelter because I didn't want to stay there, but I get a shower there at six in the morning. So then anyways, after that, you got to be there at six because then they, um, that's the only time they let you uh, shower. So then I was uh, right next to the library because the homeless shelter is close to the library. So then I uh, I, I took a, I had an old junky computer. I had I, honestly I think this was like Opinion Opinion Four. Yeah, you talked but, about uh, it in there. So so some really and you were able junk. to develop a game on this computer in the library. I use Java. Yeah, I use Java. Um, and you got yourself. You made money in the article. It talks about how you started making a living. You know, and got yourself all back on your feet, dominating through this. It's yeah, a great I mean, story. I didn't make a bunch of money. I mean, the uh, my brother made a bunch of money, uh, but I I didn't. I, I but I made enough to get to get. Uh, so I wasn't homeless anymore. Um, but but game development uh, didn't. Uh, I, I still do it. I mean, that's what's running right here with this with this ISS behind me. It's uh, it's the Unity game engine, and I and this is a 3D scene that I built. Um, but the um, so I still use game development for stuff like this podcast. Uh, but um, I I didn't. I don't know how to short on time here. But the um, I've seen all the same Masonic corruption in the video game industry as I've seen in Hollywood. All the same stuff. 
I actually was in San Francisco with some real big wigs and we went out to lunch and these guys were driving like Lamborghinis and stuff like that. The uh, CEO of unity and uh, the uh, uh, anyways, a couple of a couple of quite big names. Bob, and, Bob um, from Globuster says he would talk about how you crashed the the video game expo. Okay, keep going. So you read the bunch of satanic, <laughs> say you're oh, with the a, satanic Silicon Valley, and you figured out they're all satanic pretty fast. It, it's yeah, I I didn't. I, and after being around that, um, I was uh, I wanted to get I wanted to get away from it. I was doing v- virtual reality stuff, and I, I I like VR. It's cool technology. Like it's cool to teleport yourself into another into another world. But um, I knew for a fact, like Mark Zuckerberg is coming out with these VR headsets and he's got a big smile on his face. He's looking creepy as can be. I know, I know that I'm working to, to, to further Silicon Valley's agendas. And, and, and not only that, like the government would love it if everybody took a cell phone and slapped it on her face so that uh, everywhere they walked, the video was recording all day long. So well, they're already going to do that. They're going to have the Patriot Act 2.0 where they're going to have a, a constant database of your phone and recording. So they're going to be able, if you commit a crime, they'll listen. be able to go back to Wednesday at 3 p.m. and listen to what your phone is recording and listen to what the camera is recording. I challenge you as a viewer, get rid of your cell phone. I'm I'm speaking from experience. I have no cell phone for like uh, coming on close to two years now. No cell phone at all. I don't have social media. I don't go to Facebook. I don't, I don't, none of that. The only thing I have is YouTube. And I feel bad about that because it's a Silicon Valley owned company and YouTube censors the heck out of everybody. And it's, it's quite annoying, but uh, they deleted my last channel, spill the truth. They've deleted countless of my videos that were, that conformed to their policies, but then they say it's harassment and bullying or whatever excuse. Me too. So it drives me nuts. And one thing I've been doing uh, recently to battle that is, is publishing really good flat earth and lost history content to DVD just to get the heck out of uh, Silicon. Like it's all right now saved in Silicon Valley. And let's, let's get away from that a little bit. So, and also get away from cell phones that ties into the decline of, of uh, intellectualism. We're getting stupider. We're getting dumber as a people. And I can definitely tie that to cell phone usage and seeing all these zombies walking around like this and and the only way i could say is let's stop this trend of of diving down into stupidity and the only way uh, to to do that is to lead by example and to throw your way your cell phone get rid of it if you need a map figure out where you're going beforehand and and get get your map printed out or have one in your glove box uh, get your career to a point where you don't have to have a LinkedIn account because you know again LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft. LinkedIn's Bill Gates, Bill gay. Get, if you have LinkedIn, Bill, you're uh, gay. So that's delete it. Get yeah. get get off of it. Delete your social medias. Delete uh, and and get rid of your cell phone. That's that's my that's my advice. So well, it's hey, before you get rid of your cell phone, make sure to like and subscribe both of our channels and give us a thumbs up. I'm just kidding, but I know it's easier said do, than do done. Do it from your computer. <laughs> I know, but I'm, Not I'm like just, that's much better. I, I'm teasing, it. Ryan. I'm teasing. I mean, yeah, we definitely need to get rid of our phones, but sadly, it's like you know we are, are addicted to them and we're dependent on it. It's like the, the idiocracy is actually real, sadly, and and even not me. Not well, me. You can break free of that addiction, and I do encourage I do encourage you to do so. Uh, but uh, th- but then again, I got a computer right in front of my face, and uh, what is a cell phone more than just a miniature computer? So, the better thing would probably be to uh, head back to the mountains and figure out how to build this Tartarian architecture again. Let's get together as a community and uh, get out there and and get a star fort built. Because gosh dang it, if if a humanity was able to do this at one point, we should be able to do it again. So let's get <laughs> let's get out there and and put up a uh, 2020 uh, star fort.
I love it. And guys, you know, the one thing that stuck out the most is we are in the post rapture. I just can't believe that we, I learned that tonight and it makes a lot of sense. So guys, I want you all to the, the Ryan's link is in the description. You're going to be able to find his channel. Go give it a like, go. And, and that's how I found Ryan. He doesn't have a cell phone or anything, but if you guys leave a comment, Ryan is the best at responding to that. So I want to say your professionalism with coming on my show, short notice, you, you spilled out a lot of gravy as the, as the, they say in the truth of the world. And I just want to say, thank you for coming on the castle. Anything else you want to say before we go i loved it man it was great thank you for the invite alex and uh look forward to talking to you again man you can check check my channel like i said youtube.com ryan zim or spill uh i got my new website up which is beyond the polls.com and that's going down here to antarctica and uh and going uh beyond wait beyond the poll so beyond the polls.com is my website thanks again alex loved uh talking with you man it's been great all right, guys, make sure to share it, like it. Thank y'all for all the donations. I can't tell you, and thank you guys for all the subscriptions. You guys are great. And the mods, thank you for modding all the bot farm trolls. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So I want to say peace and good night.